Shabbat, Afyud, Amur Aleph. The last thing we were discussing, we brought down the Mishnah that uh, a person, the things that we shouldn't be doing from the Mincha time and up, Erev Shabbat. And we asked the question about uh, what's when, then we started, when is considered the beginning of a Sauda, and we said that uh, according to one opinion, it's when you open up your belt. So according to that opinion, then uh, we said that was the people in Babel, they opened up their belt. According to that opinion, um, you know, we said Tefillat Avid is Rishut, but Tefillat Minha is an obligation according to everyone. So why in the Mishnah says we don't stop to pray Minha? What do you mean? You, of course you should stop to pray Minha. It's an obligation, you have to. So we explained that, no, either in Minha time no one's going to get drunk and forget about uh, praying Arvid, or we could say Arvid, um, you know, people think they have all night to pray, so they're not in a rush. Minha people are worried that they might miss, and that's the difference. So with that, we are starting the fourth line on Yud Amud Aleph at the end, which says, Matkif La Rav Sheshat. So Rav Sheshat wants to argue on Rabbi uh, Hanina that opening up your belt is considered the beginning of Sauda. Trihuta lemesar hemyaneh is it a big deal to open your, your Sauda? So open your belt, close your belt, and go and pray. What's the problem? Ve'od Rav Sheshat still going. Get up now and pray with your belt open. What's the problem? No, the Gemara explains. You have to prepare. You have to, there's a way to come and pray. You have to prepare yourself. You can't just uh, pray with your, with your belt open. You have to fix yourself. Rabbi Barahuna would put on some nice uh, shoes and then pray. He would say, prepare myself to, to, towards the Kalash Baruch Hu. Rabbi would... Would, I guess he would uh, throw his uh, clothing on top of him so he doesn't look good. And he would put his hands together as if he wasn't scared. That's the way he'd pray. I'm praying in front of us like a slave in front of his master. I saw Rav Kahana sometimes like this, sometimes like this. When there's a certain tsar in the world, he would uh, throw his uh, clothing on top of him, meaning he wouldn't look good. He would put his hands together as if uh, he's, he's sad, like in front of a slave, in front of his master. And that's the way he'd pray. I'm a slave in front of my master. When there's peace in the world, we get dressed nicely, put on a talit, look good. And he would say, He's taking a long time. You're, you're dropping the Torah and you're busy praying. Uzman Torah Lachud Rav held that no, there's time for Tefillah and there's time for Torah. Rabbi Yirmiyah Hava Yativ Kamed Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Yirmiyah was in front of Rabbi Zera. Ve'avu Askeb Shmatan. They were discussing halacha and negad atzoliyah. It was becoming late and and it's, it's you know we were we were about to miss Uzman Tefillah. Ve'avu Kamisah Hev Rabbi Yirmiyah. Rabbi Yirmiyah was trying to like stand up and pray. Karei Alei Rabbi Zera. Masiros No Mishemot Torah. A person who stops himself from learning Torah, Gam his tefillah is also a Torah, means Hashem doesn't want his, his, his tefillah because he's not learning Torah. Now why this type of uh, talking from Rabbi Zerah? So the Tosafot and Yudalaf Amoral explains that uh, maybe Rabbi Zerah 
was uh, so he wouldn't understand that someone else has to go pray. Or you could say just uh, they had enough time to pray and Rabbi uh, Irmiya was just trying to leave a little bit early and that's why he got upset. Anyways, the Gemara continues. Um, now, or again, we're going through the Braita, what's considered the beginning of uh, each thing. So now, what's considered the beginning of the Deen? Rabbi Irmiya, Rabbi because the Shekhinah was sitting with them and therefore they had to put on a talit. When the once the once the, the defendant and the prosecutor and each one uh, gets up and starts uh, speaking, that's uh, when the deen started. They're not arguing. If the Dayanim are already dealing with another deen and they already had the talit on, then okay, then, we, then the deen starts when people start talking. If they weren't dealing with another deen, the beginning of the deen is when they put on a talit. They were sitting and learning between their pillars in the Beit Midrash. And every so often they were, you know, they were banging on the, I guess, on the side of the door. And they would, you know, they would say, anyone who has a din, come in and we can judge you. would sit in din all day. And they wouldn't eat anything. And they would be sitting there. They wouldn't feel good. So Rav told them. Could it be that Moshe Yashav done Kolim Kulo? If so, Torah told Matayna Aset. Ela Lomalech Rali tells him, Kodayan Shedan Din Emet Lamito Adayan. Who judges emet? Afilu shahat even one hour in a day. Maale alav akaduf keilu nasa shutaf la kadosh baruchu be maaseh bereshit. It's like he became a partner in maaseh bereshit with the kadosh baruchu. Ketiv hacha by amod da amal Moshe min a boker ad ayerev. Ochtiv atam by maaseh bereshit vahi ayerev vahi boker yom echad. Therefore, you don't have to sit all day judging. One hour a day is good enough. That was Rashi's second interpretation. Rashi's first interpretation, which he didn't like so much, was that they felt better. They weren't learning Torah. had nothing to do with the fact that they didn't eat. They weren't learning Torah. And that's why they were sad. And Rabbi Barav Midifti gave them the whole Rashi to make them feel good. Rashi didn't like that because uh, then it should say, Halash Da'atayu, not Halash Libayu. Okay. Until what time do they sit in the din? Until it's time to eat, which we said, sixth hour. How do we know this? Woe to you, a land that your king, your dayanim, are acting like little kids and your sarim. Uh, are eating before they come to judgment in the day. Uh, they, they're eating before they in the morning before they come to judgment. Asherech Eretz Shemalkech Ben Horim that your Dayanim are Ben Horim, someone who comes and learns Torah. The Saraich Ba'et Yochelu and your Saraim they eat at the correct time. Bigvura Velo Besheti Bigvura Shel Torah Velo Beshtiya Shel Yain. They're they're eating and they're 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 strengthening themselves with Torah, not wine. 
Now the Gemara is going to give us uh, the, the correct time to eat according to each person. Um, first hour in the day, that's when the Kenanim, they're very hungry and they like uh, eating. And that's what time they eat. Rashi calls them uh, cannibals, that they eat people. The, the Maharal explains that we're talking about uh, uh, if you eat, uh, if you're so into eating, what ends up happening, you'll eat people. Okay, Shania, second hour in the day, Ma'achal Listim, is when uh, thieves eat, right? Why? Because they're up the entire uh, night, they sleep in the morning for an hour, and they eat uh, the second hour. Again, the Maharal explains that a person who's uh, so used to uh, uh, eating uh, so much, what ends up happening is that uh, he ends up having to steal when he doesn't have uh, the right amount of food whenever he wants. Shelishit ma'achal yorashim. It's uh, you know those who inherited a lot of money. They don't have to worry about parnasah. They get up in the third hour and they eat. Revi'it fourth hour in today's ma'achal pa'alim. People are working. They finally get a time to have a break, and that's when they eat. Hamishit ma'achal kol adam. It's the time when everyone else eats. Gemara asks ini. Fa'amar papa revi'it zman seuda lechol adam. It's a, that's the right time, not the fifth hour. Hamishit is the time where people have to be working. Uh, that's uh, they finally get a break then. Shishit ma'achal hachamim. The middle of the day is when the tamid hachamim eat. Mikan va'elach after the sixth hour kezorek even lachemet. It's like throwing a rock into a. Uh, in, into I guess into a pitcher or into a something a sack or so, something made of leather a pouch, um, meaning either it doesn't do anything or it actually even hurts you. Rashi has two explanations. Amar the fact that uh, what it says you can't uh, eating after the sixth hour doesn't help. That's only if you didn't taste something in the morning. About but if you eat something in the morning, there's no problem. And over here, we get into the whole sugya of pachahrit. Um, what time uh, should the person eat and all that sugya? Oh, we'll leave it for a different time. Person can pray his tefillah in the bathhouse. Wait a second. Now a person walks into the mirhats. Now there's three areas in the mirhats. There's the outer place where you start taking off your clothes, maybe just or your coat. Then there's the room where you take off your clothing completely. And then there's the room where you do your bathing. Now, a person goes into the outer room. People are dressed. You could pray there, read there, do whatever you have to do. Of course, you could say Shalom. And again, it is the whole question now in Halakha. If you're allowed to say, if someone's name is Shalom, are you allowed to call him uh, Shalom in the bathroom? And uh, the Mishnah Baruch says, uh, it brings uh, poskim this way and that way. But let's continue. You could even put your tefillin there. And of course, you don't have to take it off. Now there's the middle room. Some people are dressed, some people are not. And some people are dressed. It's, it's you know, you have a little of this and this. You could still say hi, or you could say, I'll still use uh, the word shalom. 
ואין שם מקרא ותפילה, but you can't pray there, you can't say קריאת שמה ונחולץ תפילין, you don't take off your תפילין over there, because if you walk in there, ואינו מניח, and you can't put לכתחילה, so meaning it's somewhere in the middle, don't put your תפילין there, but don't, but you don't have to take it off if you're there, it's like sort of an in-between area. מקום שבני אדם עומדים ערומים, in a place, in the actual bathing area where people are without clothing on, אין שם שאלת שלום, לא saying hi, ואין צריך לומר מקרא ותפילה, no קריאת שמע, no תפילה, if you have a תפילין on, וחולץ תפילין, ואין צריך לומר שאינו מניחן, take it off your תפילין, of course you don't put it back on. So what do you see from this, right? in this, uh, in this, right? The bottom line is you can't pray in Beit HaMerchat, so how did Ravadah say, oh, you're allowed, he said, uh, you're allowed to pray. How could you say such a thing? So again, the Gemara explains. We're talking about mirchats that has no people. And mirchats that we said, right? Even though people are there, are not there, it's still asur. When we said you're not to do things in the beta kise, even though Ela, the Gemara explains, Kikamar Avada Behati. No one, you can't, meaning, has nothing to do if, if people are there or not there. It has to do more that it's a new uh, bathhouse and nobody uh, ever washed over there. And then we said this is the new bathhouse. And so the Gemara now asks, Vehami Baya Baale Ravina. We are, you know, this is short to the suffix that Ravina had once. What was the question? You have a house. His mino the betakise. You said that this area is going to be a betakise. Mao. What's the din? Yesh zimun or en zimun. Is the zimun is designating something to be a bathroom. Uh, is it count now as a bathroom or not? Veloy pshitale. And Rabina never gave an answer to the suffix. Lav hua din the minhats. Isn't the same din as a minhats? This gemara was brought down in the third perek of Berachot, we learned this already, so, and we still, we had no, uh, we had no uh, answer over there, so, uh, should this, should the same achloka should be here? The Gemara explains a lot, no, it's not the same thing, why? Merhats and Beta Kise are two different things. Dilmashani Beta Kise, Dimis, maybe Beta Kise is different, it's disgusting, and therefore, even if it's new, maybe it would be Oser since, you know, but, but, Beta uh, Mirhats, maybe it's not so disgusting, maybe it's not a problem. Maybe he would allow it. Tosafot over here on the Sugiya gets into um, the question in Masechet Nedarim, the Mirhats was connected with the Beta and he says either we take it out over there or we have to change the Gisa here to make it uh, to say that the Beta has extra Zuhama, extra dirty. And the Rishonim get into it. Okay, we're continuing. Yud Amud Debet on the top. En Sham She'elat Shalom. We don't say the word Shalom. We don't say hi to each other in the, in that, uh, mi, that that inner room of the Merhats. Mesayah Aleh the Rav Hamnuna. Mishamed Olad helps like what Rav Hamnuna said in the name of Olad. Amara Asur Adam Sheitan Shalom Lachaviro Bebet Merhats. Now let's say hello to your a friend in the Beit HaMerchatz Mishum. Why? I guess Shalom is the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sheneemar Vayikra Lo Hashem Shalom. His name, Gidon, called HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shalom. Ela Me'ata. So according to that, Hemanuta, 
And the word emuna nami yisroelim emar betekisa. We also can't say in the bathroom dichtiv ha'el na neeman. So you can't say that the word emuna neeman in the bathroom. Vechitema hachanami. Okay, let's say you say yes. We can't say emuna in the bathroom. Ha'amarav ravavar machseya. Ha'amarav hamabar gurya. Ha'amarav sharel lememar hemanuta betekisa. You're allowed to say emuna in the in the bathroom. So the Gemara explains hatam shem gufe lo ikrehachi. No, that, that's not a Kadosh Baruch Hu's name. Hashem is Neeman. Hacha, over here, the name Shalom, Shem Gufei Kre Shalom, Dichtiv Vaikralo Hashem Shalom. He called him Hashem Shalom. Ve'amar Rabah Bar Mechsaya, Amar Hama Bar Guriya, Amar Vanoten Matana L'Havero, Tzarech Lodi'o. When you give a matana to, a fra- to your friend, you have to tell him about it at the beginning, that the, I'm about to give you a uh, matana. This way, he's not embarrassed to take it. The pasuk says, Keep my Shabbat. It's a ot b'ni b'nechem, right? Why? So you should know, because I want to be mekadesh you mitzvot. I want you to know that I'm going to mekadesh you. I have a great uh, present in my treasure house. It's called Shabbat. I want to give it to Israel. Go tell them how special this present is. If a person gives a piece of bread or something to a child, you have to tell his mother. Now the idea behind this, she explains two things. Number one is when you give something as a present, okay, a person will accept it as a present. But but if you give it, maybe he'll think it's, a, you know, maybe he'll be embarrassed. Uh, maybe he's trying to throw stuck at me. But if you explain it, it's a present, that's, a, you know, that, then, uh, then the person will take it. And number two is you want to make people love each other. When you explain to someone, I want to give you a present. Uh, this way he's not embarrassed. Uh, beautiful. Okay, so you're making people love each other more. Tosafot says when you're sneaking something into someone as a tzedakah, over there, you don't have to say because over there he'll he'll get embarrassed. Uh, the Gur Aryeh explains that uh, you know when a person uh, gets a present, uh, you know you give a present. Uh, by the next wedding, you'll give him back a present, and okay, and then uh, every, you know that's the way the world runs. But uh, tzedakah, or you have to give honey. Maybe the honey will never be rich again. You don't want to be embarrassed, and therefore you don't have to say anything with uh, when it comes to tzedakah. Okay, let's continue. So the Gemara goes back to that uh, giving bread to, to a child. My avidle. What should I do if I want to give a kid a present, right? Go, go you know, put, put oil on his uh, eyes. This way his mother see what's going on. Or or put some sort of uh, blue around his eye. His mother will ask him, where would you get this from? And he'll say, someone gave me a piece of bread. The Gemara says, But today, people are worried about witchcraft. My, what should you do? Whatever the bread, whatever you're giving him, then put it on his on his head. His mother will be like, "What is this?" And this way, you know that it has nothing to do with shafim. I guess that's uh, you know, if you put the, the some of the pieces of the crumbs on the head, the mother won't think it's shafim. The Quran says, is it true that a person who has to, it was giving a present to his friend has to tell him? You don't have to tell him. Moshe got, uh, you know, the, the, the all over him and he, nobody told him about it. 
No, that's not a question. It depends if you know when Moshe, everyone was gonna you know was not, not gonna look at you, then he'll he'll figure it out pretty much. But if it's a matana that the person won't know about it, you have to tell him about it. Now the Gemara goes back. People are gonna know about Shabbat. It was how special it is, right? Spend a couple of Shabbatot and you understand it. No, people are not going to know how special is the sachar, the reward for keeping Shabbat. And that's uh, what Moshe was supposed to go tell them. Uh, the, uh, the Gemara tells a story of Hasda Havana Kit Pide Tarte Matanta de Torah. Rav Hasda, who was a Kohen, he was all into Matnot Keuna of a bull that was uh, in Shat. Anyone come tell me a new hidush from Rav? I'll give him. I'll give him these If you give, if you give a present to your friend, you have to tell him. We learn from Shabbat. Hashem wanted to be mekadeshas. He gave it to him. Amar Habibina Alek Shmatita de Rav Kulehai, you really like uh, Rav's Hidushim so much? Amar Le'in, yes. Amar Le'in, de Amar Rav Miltal Beshayu Yakira. This is what Rav means when he said, a person who wears a jacket, you know, the money is precious to him, meaning he appreciates the money he spent on it, or, or you know, it's expensive to him. Why? Because he wears it. You're a Talmud of Rav, and therefore you like uh, what he says. Amar Le, Amar Rav Haki, Rav really said this. The second thing you said about the jacket is more is more important to me than the one about the present. And if I would have had another, what do you call it? Uh, another, uh, I guess another matnot keuna, I would have, I would have gave you what do you call it? I would have given it to you also. The Meiri says uh, uh, this Gemara was brought down just to show us how much. Uh, how important the Vret Torah is and how much we should pay for it and then how important okay do not uh, show any favoritism to one son over the other we don't want any jealousy for you know a little bit extra of uh, silk or wool that Shenatani Akov Leosef Yoter Mishar Banav more than any one of his children. It can Ubo Ehav. His brothers were jealous. Venit Galgela Davar Vezrudu Avotel Mitzrayim. And one day, you know, the domino effect, one thing rolled uh, over and to another, and then we ended up in Mitzrayim. Ve'amara Baba Mahsaya, Marav Hamabar Goya, Marav Leolam Yehazer Adam Veyeshev Beir Shishivata Kerova. Try to say in a newer city, not an older city. The less old it is, the less avirot it has. When Lot was running away from Sedom, he was looking at that city. He said that you know that city is 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 close to run there. And uh, it will be saved. My Kerova. What's Kerova? I mean, Ilema Kerova Dim Karva. If you want to tell me that it's close, vezuta, and it's small, vehaka hazula, that means you can just see it, right? The mitzar means it's small and it's right there, so we could just see it, right? You don't have to tell them. Elam mitoch shishivata kerova avonoteha 
Mutsarin. Rather, because it's a newer city, therefore it has less Averot. Amar Bi'abin Mekera. How do we know that this was a newer city than Sedom? Dikhtiv. Imaltana Shama. I'll run away there. Na Bigimatria Hamishim Vihadave. It was 51. Veshal Sedom. Hamishim Ushtaim. It was 52 years old before the city of Tsuar. Veshalvata. And it stayed in peace. Hisrim Veshesh. Right? 26 years. Dikhtiv. Shetem Isre Shana. Avedu et Kedola Omer. 22 years they worked for Kedola Omer. And 13 years they fought with him. This 25 years that was full of fighting. And on the 14th year, Kedor Omer got killed. And since then, they, they, what do you call, they lived in peace till it was destroyed on the 52nd year. So meaning, so do the math, that's 26 years where uh, they sat in peace. The basic Hashbon, how do we get to this uh, 51, 52 is um, with Sedom that uh, they were never, I guess they started uh, having settlements out of Babel, uh, the days of Peleg, when the year that Peleg passed away, Abraham was uh, in his 48th year, that means he was 47, and Sedom was destroyed when he was 99, a year right after the Malachim came before uh, Yitzhak was born, and so do the math, 99 minus 47, that's how he got to 52. Um, which exactly, what, what was the order of those 26 peaceful years? Um, Tosafot argues, and he explains that, uh, because the Midrash says he was 75 when he killed uh, Kedor Laomer, uh, so that would leave them with 24 years, not 26 years, so maybe they had two good years in the beginning somewhere, Okay, we'll leave it at that. Baruch Hashem. And by the way, the, the Rambam on this has a total different uh, uh, calculation that has nothing to do with Psukim or Midra. It is mostly more on, built on Masoret. Uh, but we'll leave it for a different time. Baruch Hashem. Amen. Amen.